Hello and welcome back to the E-Tribe. This is Isar Metis, your host. Today you're stuck just with me. I'm not interviewing anyone this week because there's a topic I really want to talk about and I've been thinking about this for a very long time now and it took me a while to kind of put my thoughts together into something cohesive I can share with you, but I'm really excited to share it with you today. So as you probably know, I've been to many businesses in my career. I've been in three different startups, two that stood on their own, one that was in like a startup within a bigger company. I was an executive in that company, which was a large corporate, and that company got bought. And then I played a very big role in a much bigger corporate. So I have a very wide range of experience. Also, a lot of my friends and people that I worked with are in leadership positions in different startups and different companies. And also, obviously, I'm running the E-Tribe, where I interview and interact with a lot of entrepreneurs in different places around the world. And I also invest and mentor different people in different startups. So I, I meet with a lot of entrepreneurs and I have met and worked with a lot of entrepreneurs in different businesses, in different environments, in different industries for the last 20-something years. And I've noticed that entrepreneurs fall into one of four categories, at least in my mind. And again, this is my research and my experience. And these categories really differentiate these entrepreneurs based on how they became entrepreneurs, what pushed them to take that step, and also what's making them tick, what drives them to do what they do. And it impacts both the opportunities that they're seeing as well as the risks that they need to be aware of so they have a higher chances of succeeding in what they're doing. And I really want to share this information with you because I think it will be helpful to you if you're currently an entrepreneur or if you're considering becoming one, identifying which one of the categories you fall into because it will help you highlight the opportunities as well as, and maybe more importantly, be aware of the risks which are typical to the category you fall into. So let's jump straight into the fabulous intro and then we'll dive right in. You're listening to the E-Tribe podcast series, a podcast that inspires people to pursue their passions and become better at what they do. I'm Isar Matis, a serial entrepreneur myself, and I'm sitting down with other members of the E-Tribe, entrepreneurs, e-commerce experts, e-marketers, and other e-people. We come from different industries and different places around the world. Together, we discuss challenges, solutions, lessons learned, and tools which help us be more effective and make an impact in our world. Okay, so we're saying there are four types of entrepreneurs and each one of them has different motivation to why or how they became entrepreneurs. And each one of those presents different opportunities, but also raises various risks. Those four types are, I like to call them, the passionate entrepreneur, the entrepreneur out of necessity, the DNA entrepreneur, and the seasoned entrepreneur. So let's start with the first one, the passionate entrepreneur. Many, many people start businesses because they're passionate about something specific. 
This could be different kinds of artists. So I really love playing the guitar or I really love painting. It could also be being attracted to a specific type of profession. I really want to be a lawyer and I want to have my own practice. Or I love putting together high-end sound systems. Or I really want to be a teacher and I want to teach people yoga. So in all of these examples, you have somebody who's really passionate about doing something and that drives them to start a business that will help them take the passion that they have and turn it into a profession that hopefully can also pay the bills. There is also a different kind of passion, which is the passion not to do something. So a lot of people become entrepreneurs because they cannot stand the nine to five anymore or they don't want to work for somebody else anymore. In both cases, what's driving them is passion. It's not necessarily a logical decision-making process. If you feel that you are a passionate entrepreneur, that you really started a business or thinking of starting a business because of that thing you're passionate about, you have one huge thing playing for you as an opportunity, which is the passion itself. Passion is such an incredible strong force and every entrepreneur, every business owner has hardship, runs through times where he wants to give up. And having that passion, having that drive is really critical in being able to go through those bumps on the road or those really deep holes you fall into and your passion can help you climb out of them. Sounds great, right? I will have the drive to push through everything. Well, in theory, that's true. But then let's talk about the risks of starting a business purely out of passion. The biggest risk is you need to ask yourself, do you know anything about running a business? What does it mean to do strategic planning, to create a budget, to build teams, to nurture these teams, to manage other people, et cetera, et cetera. So there's so many things into that, that go into running a business and managing a business and growing a business that passion itself may not be enough. The other thing that you need to ask yourself is, and that's something you have to look in the mirror and be very candid about, and it's not easy, is are you good enough? Am I a good enough chef that people will take their time and take their money and come and sit at my coffee shop or restaurant? And I'm a good enough guitar player that people will pay enough money to listen to me, whether live or buy my recordings, etc., so I can pay the bills and support my family. And the third risk, which may not be a financial risk, but it's a risk in life overall, is if your passion may become your job, you might lose your passion. You may be really, really passionate about something because you don't have to do it. But once you have to do it, day in, day out, or you can't put foot on the table, you may lose the passion to that one thing that you really, really love doing right now. So if you fall into this category, what am I really suggesting here? What's the workaround that can help you still consider this, potentially take that path, but lower the risk dramatically? Start by growing your hobby slowly into a business. What does that mean? Keep your day job. Keep on doing what you're doing today and start doing something on the side. If you're playing the guitar, start going to bars and restaurants and see if people are willing to listen to you. Are they buying your CDs or your MP3s or downloading your music and willing to pay for it when you do that? Start learning how to run a business. What does it mean? It means create a budget, 
have a place where you can record, understand how much it's going to cost to record, understand how much it's going to cost to have other musicians play with you, figure out what it's going to take to distribute your music, to have a social media presence, how long, how many hours do you need to invest in marketing, et cetera, et cetera. This can really give you a great idea on what would it be like to run your own business. Can you really make enough money? Can you really stick with it through the downturns? Do you really have everything it takes to run your own business? Can you stop your day job and still pay the bills and make enough money to make this worthwhile? If it's not, it's still fine. You can keep it as a hobby that gets you some additional income. By the way, I'm not picking up on musicians. The same is true for the other examples I gave, like being a chef or building high-end audio systems. So now let's move to the second type of entrepreneur that I mentioned earlier, and that's entrepreneurs out of necessity. As you all know, life is in many cases stronger than us and throws curveballs on us, and we need to deal with it. Many people find themselves in a situation or a location or a time in which they cannot do what they want to do or that they were trained to do. This could be for so many different reasons, a downturn in the economy and then there's just no jobs where you live, or you're being forced to move because of a family issue, personal issue, an opportunity of your spouse, and now you find yourself in an area where your profession is just not needed. You could be a surfing teacher that is forced to move into the mountains. You could be a a expert cabin builder that is forced to move into a big city to support your parents or a sibling that is sick, etc. You could have a flourishing career in something and then you have kids and you cannot keep on pursuing the career you were in because you want to invest more time in the kids. So there could be many reasons why what you were doing before might not be relevant anymore. So in some cases, you will have the option to get hired by somebody to do a different job. But in some cases, you would be forced to start your own business or you will not be able to make any money to support yourself and your family. So if this is you, I want to start with the opportunity that is presented to you. The opportunity is to choose what is it that you want to do. Don't fall into the quote-unquote trap that identifies the passionate entrepreneurs we already discussed, meaning don't start the first thing that comes into your mind because you like doing it or you think you know how to do, but actually do some research. Your opportunity is that you can actually look in your area in that time, in your expertise, what problems can you solve, what opportunities exist in the market, in the situation you're in, that you can really provide value and build a business around it, and hence support yourself and your family. The other opportunity, again, depending on the circumstances, so let's say you moved because your spouse received a great job offer and now makes more money, take the time to learn. Take the time to learn the specific things you need to know in order to be more successful in business. It could be taking general business courses that will teach you how to run a business and what you need to know to have a successful business. It could be acquiring specific skills that are required in order to be successful in the thing that you chose. But as I mentioned, in many cases, that's not relevant because you're starting out of a necessity. That's how I define this category of entrepreneurs, right? Entrepreneurs out of necessity. If you have to start doing something, 
at least take a little bit of time to do research and solve a problem that really exists and then leave time in your day, in your week, in your month, just carve out time for learning. Why? Because that's the biggest risk of entrepreneurs out of necessity is not having the experience in running the business and in many cases not having the experience in the specific subject matter that they chose to do just because they had to jump into it and get stuff done. So now you're thinking to yourself, what? Are you crazy? I can barely have time to make enough money to make ends meet. What do you mean carve time to learn? But learning will actually give you the opportunity to make more money. Let's take a simple example. Let's decide that you got to somewhere, you have nowhere to make money that way, and you figured out that it's relatively easy to be a locksmith. You can take a course, you can learn things online, and you can start providing services in any location where there are doors and locks, which is more or less everywhere. It's a pretty crowded market and it's not easy to differentiate yourself, but it can pay the bills very, very quickly because again, the need is there on a daily basis. But then the question is, one, how do you get your name out there? So you need to learn some kind of marketing and if you invest time in that, more people will hear about you and you will make more money. The other thing is, what other services can you provide as a locksmith? These could be things that you can do on your own or different partnerships that you can do with other service providers and get a referral fee because it's relevant to what you do and you have access to potential clients. So really investing the time in figuring these things out, yes, will take X number of hours a week out of your opportunity to go and change locks, but in the long term, they will give you a much higher chances of making more money while actually working less hours. The other thing that you should try and learn is how to run a business. And that's true, by the way, for all the different types that we're talking about, but how to budget how to plan, how to create strategic planning, tactical planning, how to hire people, how to manage teams, which tools to use in order to manage the teams and the budget that we've created, et cetera, et cetera. So there's so many business skills. And again, the information today is available and it's free and it's online. And this could be an actual course or videos on YouTube or attending a class in by the Small Business Administration somewhere. The data is there, the information is there. You just need to apply yourself and the time to learn these kind of things where again, in the long run, will give you a much higher chances of being successful in what you do. The next type of entrepreneurs I want to talk about are what I like to call the DNA entrepreneurs. These are the people that are entrepreneurs in their DNA. It's the people who are born with that incredible ability to continuously see opportunities around them, to identify problems that need a solution. And I know many of these people, there are not too many of you out there. So if you're somebody like that, I salute you for having that vision and that skill to see things. But many of these people had businesses as kids or in their teams, they already started five, six, seven different businesses by the time they were 30. They always see opportunities around them. It's very easy for them to identify issues that other people have and then look and apply solutions for them. The other thing that they're very good at is diving right in. I'm like, they need a solution. Here are the people I need to connect with. Here's the technology I need. Here's how I distribute this and I'll build a business and I'll make it work. If you're that kind of a person that has that built-in skill and knows how to apply it, 
it's such an amazing benefit because you're already so far ahead of so many other people because you know how to identify problems that actually need a solution, which is maybe the most important thing when you're starting a business. But if you are one of those people that have that ability or you know people who are like that, there are two risks that you need to be aware of and try to avoid. I wouldn't say at all cost, but at least try to avoid them. Problem number one is, again, being so fascinated by this new problem that you've identified that you dive right in, not necessarily having the right knowledge and skills to solve the problem. Again, this could be lack of general business knowledge, how to run a business, but it could be skills related to that specific thing that you're trying to solve. Problem number two is what a lot of people call the shiny object syndrome, right? You constantly see problems and hence you're like, oh my God, I got to jump from this to that, from this to that, from this to that. And then none of the businesses actually grows to the level to make it worthwhile starting a business to begin with. So if you're one of those people, if you can identify yourself as a person that constantly see things that can be resolved and jumping right in to do things, my biggest suggestion is build a team around you. Because having the right team, which which I believe is one of the most critical things you can have in any business, but in this particular scenario, having the right team achieves two purposes that solve the two biggest risks. One it will give you the skills and the knowledge that you're missing if you hire the right people that are completing you with the things you're not strong at. And two, a team keeps you accountable. And by the way, if you become really good at this, meaning identify real opportunities in building teams that can solve that problem, it will allow you to keep on jumping ship, staying as a partner or a part owner or a board member in the first businesses that you started and then jumping and starting another one. The fourth type of entrepreneurs are, again, what I called seasoned entrepreneurs. It's people who have business experience, either from a previous business they were running, or in most cases, actually people who were corporate employees or working for some other company who just decided to open their own business. If you're somebody like that, your biggest benefit is the fact that you have business understanding. You've done this before. You know what a business looks like. You know what it takes to run one. And hence, your risk of just diving headfirst, not knowing if there's water in the pool, is significantly lower. But that being said, there's still two very big risks in making that move from being an employee of somebody else to starting your own business. Problem number one is really not having the full understanding of running a business. What do I mean by that? You were a salesperson. You were a brilliant salesperson. You were actually an executive on the team. So you kind of know marketing. You kind of know HR. You kind of know some of the other things, but you don't really know. And now with zero time, you're the one that needs to do many of these things until you can afford to hire people to do it for you. So while you have an understanding in many of these things, you may not know how to actually do the day-to-day. The other problem which I see frequently is people who actually have the full experience, meaning it's somebody who was running a business before or was involved in many aspects of the previous business he was working for, but he is very much focused 
on his area of expertise. So you see people that are great in operation and they can build teams and they can make them work, but they totally neglect marketing or the other way around. You have people with marketing experience and they build an operations team and they have customer service, but they put that on a very small portion of their focus and hence these part of the business continue to suffer, making the entire business suffer. The recommendation here is very similar to the previous group, which is as quickly as possible, surround yourself with people who complement your skills and that can help you grow the areas of the business either you have no clue about or you have some clue or you actually know pretty much about, but you know it's not your expertise or not your passion and you're not going to invest in it as you would in other aspects of the business. By the way, another problem that this kind of entrepreneurs uh, have in some cases is that they're lacking some of the things the other types of entrepreneurs have. They're not necessarily really passionate about something very, very specific. They don't necessarily have a deep knowledge of something very specific that they want to pursue. They don't always have the management skills or the innovation and vision that you need in order to start a business and grow it. But again, having team with those skills can solve those problems as well. Now, obviously, many people fall into more than one of these categories, and that makes them unique in the way that they can approach things because they can enjoy the benefits of two aspects of the types that we talked about. But also, in some cases, they can inherit or have the risks or downfalls of the two categories combined. So as a quick summary, let me recap what we talked about. Figure out which kind of entrepreneur you are. Are you the passionate entrepreneur? Are you an entrepreneur out of necessity? Are you a DNA entrepreneur that keeps on seeing opportunities everywhere? Or have you been in business for a while and you just decided you have what it takes to start your own? In any one of those situations, be aware of the risks and the gaps that you have in your journey to becoming a successful business owner. And again, the best recommendation to all of them once you are aware of these issues is find the ways and the workaround, which in most cases will be finding people who can complement you to overcome those particular problems. That's it for this week. I would really appreciate your feedback and hear what you think about this. If you think there are other types or if you want to discuss your particular niche or type of entrepreneurship journey that you're going through, I would love to hear that and discuss it with you. You can very easily find me just by searching Isar Matis on LinkedIn or on Facebook. There's only one with that name, so you'll find me pretty easily. As I mentioned in several of the last episodes, something really, really big is coming. I'll give you a hint. I am starting a new business with an amazing partner. We're putting together an engine that will help companies, mature companies, grow their business dramatically through leveraging digital stages and communities. We're already seeing some amazing results that are attached to what we're doing with some of our launch partners. And in parallel, the focus of this podcast is going to be a lot more around business growth. We're going to push the level of guests even higher. So you're going to get exposed to really the best experts on the planet today on different topics. And so if you want to know more before it actually goes live, please connect with me on social media. Again, Isar, I-S-A-R, Metis, M-E-I-T-I-S on either LinkedIn or Facebook, or just look for The E-Tribe or my amazing Facebook group, The Entrepreneurs of The E-Tribe. 
and I will start giving more and more information through those channels on what's coming and when exactly it's coming. But if you just want to stay here and stay tuned, just hit the subscribe button on your podcast player and you can get that content as it comes out. And until next time, have an incredible week. Hey, Tribers, I hope you enjoy this great interview. If you have, please share this with your friends and your colleagues. If you'd like access to similar content or you would like to get the notes and the resources mentioned in this interview, please visit us at theetribe.com where you can find other great interviews like this one, as well as many resources and tools which can help you grow or start your business. We would love it if you would join the eTribe, either as a member or as a contributor. You can do that on the website as well. I hope you would listen to us next time, and until then, have a great day.